Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil Fruit Punch, the podcast where we read One Piece and then we talk about it. I am, of course, your host, John, and joining me today from the Red Waste of Texas is Patrick Ramirez. Hello, podcast land. And also joining me is Matt. Howdy, y'all. Today, we will be discussing chapters 537 through 549. Don't those numbers just sound crazy? They do. They sound fake, is what they sound like. (laughs) They're the worst worst chapters to scroll to on Viz Media, because they're in the middle, middle. (laughs) no matter which way you go. Can't sort, yeah, yep. (laughs) It makes you feel how much we've gone through, yeah. Luffy and company are still trying to rescue Ace. We finally meet Ivankov, who has found a way to weaponize hormone replacement therapy. Apparently, uh, they are a bad bitch in charge of the secret prisoner paradise called New Kama. Using their Devil Fruit abilities, Ivankov increases Luffy's chances of surviving his encounter with Magellan by 3%. From 0 to 3%. I believe it's 2 to 3. Either way. Oh yeah, uh, it turns out that Ivankov is a cherished comrade of Luffy's father, Monkey D. Dragon. Um, Who'd have thunk? Having arrived too late... Luffy begins his escape from Impel Down. Uh, Ace is already gone. Uh, Buggy gets a new posse. Blackbeard is at Impel Down for some reason. And the psychopathic ex-warden named Shiryu is set loose. Uh, Luffy and Blackbeard meet face-to-face for the first time since way back in the day. And Luffy realizes uh, the terrifying reality of Teach's Devil Fruit abilities, which is that Devil Fruit powers get sucked into them also, apparently. Uh, Finally, thanks to help from his old friends and his new unlikely allies, Luffy blasts off from Impel down on a piece of wood or something. (laughs) Uh, What will he find at Marinford that has Blackbeard so excited? Because he is stoked. All right. Patrick, are you you as excited as Blackbeard? (laughs) Blackbeard who? Marshall D. Teach. Yeah, what a jerk, man. Don't like that guy anymore. Don't like him. Yeah, it's probably the best heel turn in any anime. It seems like a real bad egg, that guy. What a jerk, man. <laughs> name like, yeah, Blackbeard, you know, super mean pirate guy. Showing his true pirate colors right now. He should be doing and, his multiple And you, you caught tables. that, right, Patrick, when he attacked Luffy and Luffy started bleeding and everyone was like, whoa, what the fuck? He's made of rubber. He shouldn't be bleeding. Yeah, it was a uh, crocodile, wasn't it, that said uh, blood, and then the yeah. next panel was blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's and, kind of a callback, yeah. too, to um, what little we saw of the Blackbeard uh, Ace fight when yep. Yep, Blackbeard is able to nullify Ace's uh, Logia-type abilities, too. Blackbeard's p- Devil Fruit powers, the was it the Black Shadow Fruit or something like that? The, the Dark Dark Fruit, I think. Dark Dark Fruit, yeah. yeah. It looks super cool in oh, black man. and white comics. Yeah. It's like uh, very shadowy, like the propeller thing that, that you saw when he was attacking Luffy was really cool looking. All of like, it, it It seems a little silly to talk about like how cool the black and white contrast is in a black and white only manga, but like the whole Blackbeard crew is just so interestingly shaded and drawn. And I don't know, they stick out as much as like the Straw Hats do to me of there just being something kind of strange and very different about them. Um, 
And that Dude, is especially true of their newest member. This fucking... Wait, who's newest member? Shiryu of the Rain. The newest Blackbeard. Oh, Because yeah. that, that happens in this. They, you know, yeah. they, they team up. Sorry, I thought you meant the Straw Hats, and I was like... Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, John's yeah, like, shut up! He, he's going to fit right in. He's going to be uh, everyone's favorite, I'm sure. Yeah, the, the most Nazi-esque of the Nazi-esques. Uh, yeah. Saying, I've been waiting for a man like you to come along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've been... I, I'm so glad you said that, Matt, because there was a half a second where I thought about how we had made the Auschwitz <laughs> hell joke. Which yeah. is already questionable and maybe pushing some boundaries. And I was like, what if for this episode, for the monologue, we did the opening monologue from Inglorious Bastards? <laughs> 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 and I decided against it, uh-huh. but I did think about it. Understa- if you're, if you're going to think about it, this is probably the arc to think about it. Yeah. Listen, that's exactly. That's why I was thinking about it. <laughs> um, the devil fruit powers were popping off. In these chapters, dude, it was just like back and forth, like wax and sand and darkness and poison, (laughs) just hormones, rubber, (laughs) just flying everywhere. One of my favorite things in this arc, just in general, is like the absolute sense of like pandemonium. Oh, yeah. That happens when they're just charging back up to the prisoner, freeing everybody and just like all hell is breaking loose. It's just so kinetic and wild and fun. It's beautiful, and I love how long it took them to get down, and then when they go up, they're like, cut through the fucking ceiling, I don't know. <laughs> no, I was laughing so hard after last episode, because I'm like, oh, this is perfect, because they're going to go all the way down, and then they're going to go all the way up, and we're going to get an episode for each half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of all this, Patrick? Um, yeah, the going, it was super surprising when they went down to level six. Yeah. And it's like... Well, you find out it's not actually level six. It's the in-betweener level and uh, or they've like made this little paradise on this hell island. <laughs> New Kamaland, yeah. New Kamaland. Pretty cool to run into and uh, all the characters there. I really thought that um, this Bon Clay finds it first, right? Yeah. I think so, he's the one that's um, in there because he's carrying Luffy. Bon Clay and, and Luffy both pass out on the ice and then uh, Inazuma finds them and, and takes them uh into New Land, which we find out has like it, it's like in the sewer, so it has like access points throughout like the prison, but um only mm-hmm. the people within it like are aware of its existence. It's such a weird thing for him to add. <laughs> I Well, he couldn't go to any more hells and like somehow expect to get out, I feel like. So he had to have this kind of like hidden passageway thing where he he can link up with people that know the way around the prison and can use their powers to free people but the fact that it's like gay paradise is i'm not <laughs> saying it's bad it's kind of funny like i'm not no, it's like rocky horror picture paradise it's yeah. like yeah uh, you know, uh, terry genderbender land yeah and, and, and like the fact that like even is like very and like this has been stated in interviews it's not just coincidence but like it's very directly based on tim curry in rocky horror um, I don't know. There's something really nice to me about the idea that, you know, in coming up with the idea of there being like a, a little pocket of paradise in this like absolute hell, it's very like explicitly and, and like very importantly, like a queer place where they describe like freedom and kind of rebellion against norms as, as you know, a way of kind of, I, I think they like flat out say like we've, you know, 
we've overcome the gender binary, something like that. <laughs> like like we've we've evolved beyond male and female here. Yeah, it seems like it's all fluid. It's just like I can just yeah. shoot you with hormones and make you <laughs> a yeah. different gender. <laughs> like Inazuma and uh, Evenkov both like just like flip between like more masculine or more feminine presenting, <laughs> like kind of for no reason, just because they feel like doing it. Yeah, it's a very like radical kind of idea, and I mean that choice of words is very. I mean, literally, Ivankov is like a revolutionary, you know, working with with Dragon and specifically says, like, we can't, like, this isn't our time. I mean, I guess eventually they do (laughs) uh, end up up leaving, right? Well, that that all flips because, like, at first, you know, Ivankov says, like, we can't leave yet because, like, it's not the right time yet. But then they find out that um, Luffy is Dragon's son and Eva kind of infers probably incorrectly that um if ace is your brother then that means ace is also dragon's son Mm -hmm. so dragon will absolutely be getting involved so like we need to go right now um but yeah i mean i i completely agree i I think it's such a a really interesting cool and thoughtful touch that two of the most kind of gender bending like you know just sort of um you know transgressive in that way very much living for themselves and being how they want to be characters um are like very important revolutionary army officers. It, it really kind of cuts to the hue of what kind of people the revolutionaries are versus what kind of people the government are that, you know, like Shiryu being one of the worst examples, this government psycho who becomes a pirate because he just wants blood. Yeah. And also coming from the Japanese perspective, a place that is uh, very attached to gender roles and heterosexuality, yeah. <laughs> we'll say. Um I mean, obviously, I live in America, so I can't, like, <laughs> really cast stones. But um, it is, I, I just think it's a cool idea that, like, Ivankov was basically in this prison just building an army and just kind of lay, laying low and waiting for the opportune time to join Dragon in basically overthrowing the world government. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, like, gay army revolution, timing. come on. What was that, Patrick? I was say, uh, Luffy has great timing because if he had showed up at any other time <laughs> before Ivankov had amassed any friends, it would just found Ivankov be like, "Oh, hey, hey, what's going on? Oh, yeah, no, I'm just here. I just found this cool spot. It's pretty sweet, right? <laughs> oh, busting out? Oh no, we can't do that. Like, can't there's no way. <laughs> and it, honestly, like maybe I think very much in contention for the coolest devil fruit ability in the whole thing is the horn <laughs> horn fruit. Yeah. Because, like, it, it really, like, good. once you start thinking about, it, like, you just freely manipulate, like, hormones, it, it really is crazy. I think, like, Ivankov says something like, I'm an engineer for, like, the interior of the human, like, existence. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Cra- <laughs> you do so much with that. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it is. And it seem, seems extremely powerful, too. I love, like, one of the first things we see Iva do is shoot a dude and turn him into a lady yeah and the way like <laughs> it didn't seem like it was like necessarily a malicious thing to do like it was a bit that mm-hmm. they were doing you know <laughs> like, like everybody's laughing and they're like oh you really got me you know <laughs> yeah well, yeah like because th- so this guy comes in and he's like hey my father was the kingdom or like the king of some kingdom and <laughs> yeah. like you turned him into a woman and i couldn't inherit anything or whatever and he's like, stop whining. 
your your father wanted to be a woman. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. Deal, I live deal with, with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, when that king turned into a woman and yeah. you see her, like, I was like, is that how Na- it looked exactly like Nami to me? And I was like, no way, Nami was a king. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're hitting on one of the one of my favorite fan theories, which I think is probably true. Is so Crocodile shows up and Eva's like, don't worry about Crocodile. I know yeah. a secret. We've had dealings before. I knew I knew Crocodile when they were just starting out. Crocodile is trans. Exactly. Crocodile is a trans man, is, is a, a very popular fan theory. And even Kov helped him transition uh, into his current uh, you know, physique and presentation. Dude, I could see a motherfucker Crocodile, like right, yeah. Crocodile being trans out of like pettiness. He's like, I need to be like an ultimate bad guy. And for that, I need to be a man like that internalized misogyny type shit where. Yeah, he's like, no oh, one yeah. takes me seriously. Well, and, and like he's such like a fashionable guy. And I know like so many trans people really have to grapple with the idea of because, you know, gender is a performance, right? Like if you want to present in a certain way, there there are ways that you present from your fashion to your your you know, your attitude and everything. And I think that like in the same way that Crocodile is like kind of the Bond villain of the One Piece world, like like he's a cool guy. Like like he's really suave, he's really <laughs> well dressed. He seems like a guy who's really thought about how to present his masculinity in a very deliberate way. And so to me it totally makes sense. Um that yeah, he might have, you know, transitioned with even Cobb's help. But you know, he doesn't want everyone to know that. He wants to pass. He doesn't want to be clocked. I think that's basically confirmed, to be honest. What else could it be? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Wow. And like, okay, we're going down like rabbit holes inside <laughs> other rabbit holes at this point. Um. Do you guys want to talk? Say anything else? Oh, Inazuma, non-binary icon, hundred yes. percent. Literally doing um, the like split in half, like yeah, color contrast thing. Um. Mm-hmm. Completely insane. I love that there are like now like four or five characters that just have cutting things as their devil fruit power, but they're all like different in interesting ways. And and he's got maybe the I don't know they I don't even know what their pronouns should be, but like the snip snip fruit is just bizarre. Cutting anything and treating it like paper, yeah. Which means yeah, which is like interesting, right? Because they can't just cut it, or mm-hmm. they can also if they cut it, then fold it and shit like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Those those devil fruits that uh, are kind of open to interpretation, I think, can be the scariest ones. And, and just speaking of devil fruits, like there isn't a ton to say about it yet, but it's really interesting that we get the first mention of what will be an important turn later, which is the awakened devil fruit. Because oh, they yeah. just really who, who had that? The jailer beasts are apparently all awakened zones. Uh, and the only thing they say about that here is that they can recover really quickly, and they're just like more badass and scary than a typical zone is um and they yeah. just kind of move on from it but uh that's it's a wild like all, is it like they're always in like ultimate beast mode um i, I mean all the time just to touch on it a little bit here and this won't really become relevant until like hundreds of chapters later but like devil fruits have like a final form um that like like you don't necessarily reach it, but like there is kind of like an upper limit of power that you can potentially achieve with it if you're like truly in tune with it and if you like truly master your devil fruit. And that's referred to as awakening. Hmm. So it doesn't mean that, I mean, maybe they're just always transformed. I don't know. Like we don't, I don't remember if we get to know much more about these, these creatures, but, um, it I, just means, I don't, yeah. 
I, I don't know anything else about this either, Patrick, um, except for like something I got spoiled on, but that's like <laughs> totally don't you not even related to this. On me. Yeah, no, that's like a whole other thing. Um, but for me, I feel like maybe an awakened Zoan user gets like a fourth transformation, like a fourth form or something, you know? Yeah, like this is just a theory. A Patronus. <laughs> I, I've heard a theory that like the rumble balls that Chopper eats kind of like short they're like shortcuts to an awakening. So like, like maybe he could hypothetically transform to like that giant monster just all on his own without taking the rumble balls. And that would be like what his awakening would be. It, it's just speculation, but um, yeah, yeah, I, that was kind of what I was thinking as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up a bit that happened because I think it was in like the second page, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. But the part where uh bond clay turns into Nami and like flirts with, uh, Hannibal. <laughs> Help me he, get these close, sticky, sweaty clothes off. Yeah, that that part was like whatever. But his response when he said, "I'm glad this will reflect poorly on the warden, but I still hate being outsmarted." <laughs> Every single bit like that is so funny to me. Like I know this is like the last episode we recorded, but like when he's like, "I would have just let you go to make the warden look bad, but you tried to fight me anyway." So I did. And it was kind up. of sweet how when Magellan hurt, like saw Hannibal, he was like, "No, you were the only one worthy of like yeah. succeeding after me." And it was like, "Oh, like." <laughs> They actually well, like, are like work friends. That's kind of cute. Yeah, in, in like Hannibal is is like Hannibal is doing like a sincere effort to resist Luffy and stop him. Like like he finally he really believes like the people here should not be out there. Like like it it really is important that like normal people get to live normal lives, and and that's ultimately what we're doing here. Um, so I don't know. It, it was kind of nice seeing like oh you actually believe in what you're doing. You're not just some psycho career guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Patrick, tell tell me something. <laughs> Did you have anything like list or anything? I just I just went smooth brained for a second. Sorry, it's <laughs> such a funny way to. I'm gonna make Sigh. a note to not take out that silence with the automatic silence no, no, truncation. Incredible! That was really funny. I'm trying to skip around in my head and think about what we haven't talked about yet. And uh, I was when we were talking about the devil fruit powers. I was thinking that one of the coolest powers <laughs> that we see has is not a devil fruit user. It's Jimbei oh, and man, his uh, yes. fishman power. And you find out he's like one of the or he he was uh, one of the seven warlords. And uh, and he like I for a second when they were talking about getting in the ocean, I was like, how are they going to get in the water? And I was like, oh yeah, he's a fucking fishman. Like he doesn't. He's not a devil fruit user. He's like the king, he's like the the first son of the seas. The I think first is what they call son him. of the sea. Yeah, and I was like, and then maybe just think of Avatar: Way of the Water. He's like one of the like ultimate, you know, water navis. Jinbei uh, is so fucking sick, dude. He's so also. Cool. I don't think you'll be spoiled by this. Maybe Mac can double check me, but there's some sick ass fan art of Jinbei, especially like people will do him in the style of like warrior like warrior tribes from yeah. like <laughs> different uh-huh. uh, island peoples. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he's yeah, his fishman karate, they really are selling it pretty hard. I mean, Oda specifically is selling it pretty hard, like immediately. It's anytime you have a guy without a devil fruit who's holding his own with devil fruit users, it's kind of impressive, oh, yeah. especially for him to be a warlord. Uh, I mean, yeah, we talked about crocodile, but he was kicking some ass in these chapters. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that like Luffy is running down the hallway with two warlords and just a posse of people who 
at least some of them are like pretty strong. We see a lot of the Baroque works people. Yes. A lot of them back, yeah. And also, I'm I'm just assuming that they've all been doing the prison workout regimen. Like, Buggy and, and everybody have just been, like, doing hella push-ups and sit-ups. I don't know. I'm thinking Buggy just is not eating anymore because he's really not that strong. <laughs> I, they're all looking good except for the people who are starving. Those guys were not looking too great, but... Oh, did you guys like when Luffy got, like, the mech arms from Mr. Three? Yes. No, I, I was, had the flips back and forth so many times. I was like, what the? Like, did I miss something? I and love then that. they explain. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's again, like, like a weapon, like an attack combo thing. But here it's like former villains, just all these wild combinations that we never thought of or saw before. That it makes sense. Like, you need a way to punch the guy who, if you touch him, you, you will just fucking die. Yeah. I, I love Jinbei. Jinbei to me is like, what if Aquaman was like gigantic? And like a great martial artist at the same time. And when the premise of the world is like you're on Waterworld and most of the strongest people like cannot be in water at all. And his whole deal is like, I can't be beat like in the water. Mm-hmm. It's just really neat. And, and the fact that like he is the of all the warlords, the only one who's like unambiguously like a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is really neat. Um, and he's tight with Whitebeard. Very tight with Whitebeard, very tight with Ace. Um yeah, and, and just like that scene where like Luffy wanted to go full on like duel with Blackbeard, and like Jinbei was strong enough to fully restrain him and, and like yeah. just, you know, grab and say, You cannot do this right now. You got to keep your mm-hmm. eye on the ball. I didn't um, write that many notes, but one of my notes is that L- Luffy is so lucky to have a Jinbei right now. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Luffy has no restraint when it comes to like getting revenge on some of that stuff, right? Yeah. Or, it's true. Not. And not not just feeling slighted, but like really trying to go after someone like as mean and and uh, as bad as Blackbeard is. And if the Jimbe wasn't there, then yeah, Luffy probably would have just died on the freaking escape escaping the prison. Like, yeah. it would have sucked. He's a hothead. He's very emotional, but like it, he he's able to hear good advice when it's given to him. And like, isn't this like one of the first times that that this has ever happened where Luffy is like, I feel like I'm yeah. going to fight someone. And then he doesn't end up fighting that person. Like if because he says he's going to do it, he usually just does it. Right. Usually there's not someone stronger than him to restrain him like this. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And so yeah. that's why I think Jinbei is so interesting because like Zoro would never do this. You know, like if Luffy says we're fighting this guy, Zoro's like, yeah. all right, I guess we're fighting this guy. <laughs> I'll die today. Well, yeah. like, like, so it, it, one of the few examples I remember is Whiskey Peak when, like, the bounty hunters, like, have a party and drug them and Zolo, like, fights all of them. And Luffy gets really mad at Zolo because, it's like, they were so nice to us. Why would you do that? Um, but, or another one of, like, you know, hey, we have to repair the Merry Go. And then they, they do manage to convince him, like, your ship's, like, dead on the water. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, I mean, you're right. That, like, like, normally, like, once he's set, he's set. There's no shifting him. But here, like, like even earlier, like he he didn't want to team up with Crocodile until Evenkov says, like, don't worry about Crocodile. We we kind of need him, and I got it. He's not a problem. I um, mean, there's a reason he's on level six, dog. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're talking an ace level fighter here. Oh yeah, like like incredible. They, it, it, it's so cool to see them team up, though. Damn, but yeah, like, <laughs> like really, so Luffy, cool. Three people came in completely clutch for Luffy here and it was um bon clay even and inazuma i'm kind of including one and um 
And, and Jinbei, yeah. Like, like, he needed, like, really sincere people by his side that could be as trusted as any crewmate. Um, and, and Boa Hancock. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm just making the list longer. No, Jinbei it's, it's a long chain of people, though. Yeah, it, and, and none of the crew members. That's part of why I love this arc so much, is that, like, none of the usual team is here except Luffy. He, he's got to just figure it out on his own now. And, like, the Luffy that we started with in, like, Chapter 1, the, the dumbass who got into the barrel, could not have pulled this off. Uh, so I don't know. Th- this is just a really nice yardstick of how much he's grown. <laughs> I was okay. I uh, this is something that I've been. I guess I'm spoiled on this because I know it's going to happen eventually. I just don't know when it's going to happen. But okay. Yeah. Shoot. There's uh, and then spoiled because on Viz Media or Viz Online, whatever. When I'm reading this, the picture of One Piece that they use as a logo shows I know what you're talking Luffy about with the X tattoo on his chest, or not tattoo, but like it's like a scar kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm like, I wonder when that's gonna happen. And so then, yeah. when he was ch- when uh in uh, what's the the uh, uh Doctor Frankenfurter uh, character? Oh, uh, yeah, Emporio Evenkov. Evenkov, yeah, yeah. Evenkov. When um they chain Luffy to that table and say like the you know the treatment is gonna nearly kill him, it's gonna increase his chances of survival from zero to two or three percent. And it had the X in chains, like across oh. his body, and then his arms and legs were chained to that oh, slab. That's interesting. And I yeah. was like, "Oh, I wonder if he's gonna get like some kind of lightning struck him, and it's gonna like somehow scar him." Yeah. And then when he got out, and he was just kind of like dusty and bruised, and I was like, "Ah, okay, guess that happens <laughs> later. Maybe, maybe it's foreshadowing." I do like maybe. that. Yeah, never, I never connected those two things. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. That is, I also had that spoiler when I was first reading this, Patrick, because. Pretty much every like picture yeah. you see of Luffy anywhere, he has the huge scar on his chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like shirtless and has that, and I'm like, he's never like that right now. So I don't know when that happens, but it must I, be I, a lot later. We're we're closer to that happening than we are far from that happening. But yeah, don't don't worry about it too much right now. It'll make more sense when we get to it. <laughs> cool. I thought the action in these chapters was so good. Like, oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Like you said, just the fast pace of them moving through the prison. Yeah. All of them were just doing sick moves. Um, Magellan is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Magellan was just melting people. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) oh, here's my final move. I haven't used it because it could destroy (laughs) everything around us. All of it down. Yeah. Man. So, like, you think he's this, like, just tall joke of a villain because mm-hmm. he just has diarrhea all the time from eating too much poison food <laughs> and then he's like oh they actually can't beat him like, he's actually yeah. super strong and no, powerful like like it's kind of a fool's game to try to do like definitive objective like power ranking of who's actually the strongest and scariest in one piece because it, it always just matters like what's coolest for the plot in the given moment but like yeah there's a real case to be made for Magellan being like one of the scariest people in the world. <laughs> like, there just isn't really a counter to that. Uh, you're kind of fucked if he gets you. Yeah. And I think Blackbeard is also, honestly. Yes. The way that he fucked up Ace was was not. And the thing that pisses me off about Blackbeard's power is that it doesn't seem like he really is mastering it that much. He seems to very clumsily use his power and it, it, not be that skilled of a fighter at all, you know? His, he just has, like, an OP power. I like that about him, though, to be honest, because, like, he he's, like, he's a really big guy, and, and like, they really kind of emphasize, like, he's got, like, a, a huge belly, 
but like he's a brain guy. Like like he's not a physical. He's got a very physical looking design, but he's a very kind of crafty intellectual character type. And like we don't know what he's doing right now because like everything he's been doing up until now has been like clearly he's he's been jockeying to become a warlord. And he's, you know, he becomes a warlord with no bounty at all, which everybody comments on is like, that's bizarre. That doesn't really happen. And now he's throwing all of that away to do whatever it is he's currently doing. And yeah, so, like, so why did he go to Impel Down, I guess, like is the question, right? Uh, it, yep, it is. Because he's there for a specific reason. And, and he wouldn't I just to, do that for no reason. He wouldn't just do that. I, I happen to remember what the reason is. I, I think we find out pretty soon, but. All he says is like, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing any of this? And he's like, ha ha ha. Everything I've planned has been going perfectly, mm-hmm. yeah. including this. Yeah. He's making yeah. big moves, man. It, it's really interesting to see. And he's planning something at Marinford, which is where they're taking Ace. It's where Luffy's going. What, what, like he, sorry. I was, no, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I was just, he's like the dark Luffy though. When, when like Luffy's like, I'm going to save Ace, like. Blackbeard is like the most confident of anybody in that. Like even Jinbei's like he can't do it. Like even Cuff's like he can't do it. When when Luffy tells Blackbeard I'm going to save my brother, he's like, "Hey, you went to the Sky Island, right? If you can do that, then the One Piece is real. Then you can save your brother. I completely believe in you. I mm-hmm. feel the exact same way about what I'm trying to do. I'm just an amoral psycho. So you know, good luck to you. I'm going to do my thing too." <laughs> It's like the the encouragement speech that's like twisted in so many yeah. ways, you know. <laughs> yeah, like he, he he doesn't hate Luffy. Like, like that's what's so fun to me about Blackbeard as a villain. Like he's not just bad for bad sake. He's he's got a goal in mind and he's willing to do anything for it. He is like the dark mirror version of Luffy, but like he doesn't have any like ill feelings towards Luffy at all. He's like, "Oh no, we're kind of the same guy. Like I fully support you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I encourage your worldview. This is great." Um, this is not a spoiler to say, but like Patrick, we know that Whitebeard is going to Marinford, right? Like mm-hmm. that's been talked about. Now Luffy is also going there with his posse, plus Blackbeard and all his guys, and then a, probably the Marines are gonna bring all of their shit. So I'm just, I'm just saying we're building to something. So I want to gauge your excitement. Like, are you stoked? Or are you scared? Are you excited? <laughs> Are you sexually aroused? <laughs> I'm very excited to see what happens. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that's what was going to happen in these chapters. So I know we split it up. And so I think if I was reading these in one block, it, I probably would have blown through it already. It, but it yeah, is, it's, it's exciting. It, it's been really hard to not just keep reading every week. <laughs> every time I'm like, okay, I'm done for the next record. I'm like, oh man, I want to keep going. Yeah, I mean, the jailbreak was a, there was a lot going on and I didn't we didn't I didn't talk about this early but like the the fighting in the jailbreak didn't seem drawn out and uh like tired like it has in some other arcs where yeah. there's just too much fighting it's way too much focus on fighting and it gets kind of old but this was like very you get a lot of snippets it's very rapid fire because there's different people fighting on all the floors so uh, it just moves along very fast and then I just, yeah, I like the vision or the uh, the images of like them being on the boat going through the big gates into the tub, uh, the tub thing where yeah. they can travel really fast between the three uh, uh, like world government sites or the Navy sites, I guess, Impel Down and Annie's Lobby and the Marine Ford. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, I'd have no idea what to expect. I know it's going to be big, but I just, I kind of am just like, 
I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh, I'm excited, man. It, it's it's about to pop off in a big way, man. Yeah. <laughs> like I re- I remember the big picture, obviously, because it's a kind of a pivotal event. But like, I don't remember any of the details of anything. Same. To be honest, it was so long ago for me that I'm like, I can only tell you like two things that happened. <laughs> so like, my memory is that like Impel Down and then Marineford after was like. I remember feeling that that was like my second favorite thing after like um, Water Seven and Ennies Lobby. But you're at like the specifics on what happens in Marineford. I don't remember very well because <laughs> it, it it it's just nothing but like nothing but the the most prime cuts. I mean, it, it is just solid, just crazy. Like everything is popping off, just total climax all the time. So ah, <laughs> as for right now though, um, I think we should talk a little bit about Buggy. And a little bit about Bon Clay, personally. Little bit. <laughs> Would you guys so mind Clay, if we took man. a quick break, real quick? No, not at all. That'd be great. We'll go ahead and take a quick break. And we're back to the podcast. We're going to talk about Bon Clay. What a guy. What, what a hero. Best boy, Patrick. He's so great. <laughs> okay. Don't think I was going to let you get off the hook without giving him a compliment. <laughs> no, Bon Clay saves the day. Like, that's the, that's like the, uh, it's not really, I don't know, not a cliffhanger, but that's the main, that's what this whole jailbreak hinges on. You got to leave a man behind mm-hmm. to open the gate that you're going to sail through. Yep. And when you find out it's Bon Clay, which it's always interesting to me when you figure out like who's left behind and it's like obvious because they're have not seen them for a while, <laughs> like on the, uh, on the jailbreak uh, yeah, ship totally. part. But man, that was, uh, that's not emotional for me, but it was like, uh, like, damn dude, Bon Clay. Can't I think you Bon Clay that. is sort of a Christ-like figure. Constantly in, yeah, when, when you're in prison. Himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like, Luffy doesn't get like really emotional very often and him like crying and, and saying like, why are you always saving me? Like I haven't been able like, I can't return the favor. You like every single time you bail me out. Like this is exactly what happened last time. Like just saying like, it shouldn't have been you. Um, I don't yeah. know. That, that got me a little choked up. <laughs> he also wakes up from his treatment, his uh, HRT and he, <laughs> he sees Bunkley on the ground and Bunkley has just like passed out from cheering him on so much is that, that the case a, yeah so like his throat started bleeding because he was like encouraging luffy so much yeah mm-hmm. well, like he didn't know what to do he just wanted to help luffy somehow and he just started cheering him on and it got ever like it moved everyone to cheer him on also and like i don't know i, I feel like there's a real sense everyone remarks on like oh wow you, you recovered in one day instead of three or whatever and I think part of that is because Luffy is like the hero of the story and he's like exceptional. But I think part of that is also that like they were they were sending him their love, you know, and, and support. The good vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and I don't Luffy know. Luffy like, also does the like forehead on the ground bow the to him bow. afterwards, yeah. which in Japan, that's like the equivalent of just saying I'm your dirty little butt slut. I'm use me daddy. <laughs> That that is as much of a bow as you get. Yeah, forehead <laughs> on the ground is a one hundred percent bow. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like it, it was really cool seeing Bon Clay in like New Land of like, oh, this is everything I've ever dreamed of. Um, like Eva is ev- you know everything I ever 
dreamed that like they would be. I, I don't know. It, it's it's what a great character. How, how <laughs> to take a guy with a design like that with this insane like pantaloons and these like swan shoes and just this like weirdo among weirdos and take a weird direction with him in Alabast and then bring him back like this. Like a lot of people are very vocally insistent that like, we've got to go back to Impel down to make sure that Bon Clay mm-hmm. gets out or something <laughs> because saying we don't go back ever. Uh, there's a lot of things oh that are still up. Oh my God, uh, man, we open, can't man. leave him there. <laughs> no, we gotta, go, we gotta get our man out. We gotta get him out. <laughs> it's being tortured endlessly. God, but yeah, like like the little poem at the end, like it, it's so emotional mm. and, and interesting and it one piece is so good because it just catches you off guard all the time. Like, like you just, you just never see where this thing is going to get you from next. I, uh, man, I'm excited to, um, meet all the white beard pirates. I haven't, I don't even remember most oh, of them. Oh God, Marco, I, we're getting out of ourselves again. I can't wait yeah. for Marco to, to land again though. Um, Wow, and yeah, that that emotional weight is definitely there for sure. Bonclay is just like a uh, what would you call it? Like a trump card that mm-hmm. Oda can just pull out whenever he wants to hit you over the head with emotions. He can be like, "You remember this guy? Remember Bonclay? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love him? Now, now you're gonna cry." <laughs> and there, there's a real feeling that like if circumstances were just a little bit different, maybe they will be in the future that like this guy would absolutely be a straw hat. Like he would 1000% be on the crew. No question about it. Like he's got, he's got that like go to the mat loyalty, um, the way that any of them do. Hell yeah. Um, uh, what about buggy? We got to talk about buggy. <laughs> Patrick, do you have any buggy thoughts? Buggy. So the reason I said earlier is that like buggy's not as strong as the other guys is because he's not. He's and not, then, yeah. And he knows it, which you kind of figure out in this 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 little mini arc we did, these chapters. And he is reluctant to have people say, wait a minute, you were on you were on um uh Goldie Gold. Rogers crew, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you were uh you're like one step away from being an emperor of the sea and like you yeah, your, your brothers of Shanks, basically. Yeah, your your brothers your brothers uh Shanks, red haired Shanks and You've done all this shit, and he's like, "No, shut up, shut up, shut up! I don't want you don't want to spread it around. Like, I don't need the government after my ass more than I." This is a guy who's already an impel down. Like, what are they going to do worse to you now? Right, kind of. But I, uh, yeah, it, it, you're you're right. But like that that's what's so, like Buggy's so, so craven, and like I, I love the moments of like Buggy and Mister Three feeling bad about Luffy being like loyal and kind to them still. Mm-hmm. But like he just can't help being who he is, and like. We see here, like, the start of, like, kind of Buggy's new thing, right? Like, his entire crew abandoned him when Elvita said, like, I'm taking the <laughs> ship and you can take the dinghy if you really want. But yeah, he's got he's got new guys now because, like, the one thing Buggy has going for him is that he's really charismatic somehow. And he's just got the proper background that people can project onto him. And he's just he's got that instinct of, like, oh, I'm going to take credit for freeing you, even though I didn't really do anything. Like Crocodile and like Jinbei and Mr. Wan are giving actual orders and I'm just repeating them louder. So you think that I'm the one coming up with those ideas. Mm-hmm. What I like about Buggy is because Crocodile doesn't want these guys, you know, 
No, he thinks they're trash. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. give a shit about any of them. <laughs> Buggy's there to pick up the the guys yeah. who maybe aren't the best pirates. You know, they're not that impressive. They're just guys trying to be pirates. And, he, and he's Buggy's, like standing outside. Oh, sorry, good. Yeah, no, that that's it. No, oh. like <laughs> Crocodile will see a guy like Mister One, and he'll be like, "Hey, man, let's get out of here," because he's very qual- like quality over quantity. Yeah, Buggy is a quantity guy. He's like, yeah. I will take as many dudes as I can fucking get. Like, like Buggy sets up his recruitment table right outside Crocodile's recruitment office. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, Did you get turned down? Step right up, my friend. We would love to have you. Big ten. You don't even need an application. Yeah, uh, you, you look like a healthy, healthy sailor, my friend. Well, and, and like the thing that's fun about Buggy too is that like we've talked a lot about how like like there's kind of a, a subtle but very important defining line with like the antagonist in the story between those who have like given up on the idea of being the king of pirates and those who still have that fire burning in them and like this is a really great moment when when bucky is like i can still be the i can be the king of pirates this is it i just yeah. need to kill whitebeard somehow <laughs> but like it's it, it could all work out for me and like not to get too ahead of ourselves, but like th- this really does set in like the new pattern for Buggy about being a guy who just constantly f- somehow fails upwards over and over <laughs> again. Y'all thought Buggy was gone, but Buggy been here the whole time. Buggy, I'm glad he's back now. Buggy is so important. I think Oda's on the record of saying that Buggy is like one of, if not his favorite character to like just do because he he just thinks he's hilarious. <laughs> and here we are, man. <laughs> this is the new Buggy. Yeah, this is the prime buggy era. He really got his glow up. He got his moment. (laughs) Escaping from jail, though. When, like, he he literally convinces, like, over 200 prisoners of, like, it's actually cool that we're going to the world government, like, the Navy headquarters. That's that's where we're supposed to be. It's great. Don't worry about it. Wow. God. Um, Okay, last call. Yeah. Anything else? <sighs> pretty much pretty much covered everything um i had good matt yeah same i like i, I feel like we've talked there's so much going on but i feel like we've touched on it all and um I'm, it, this is just such great shit like there are so few stories out there that could pull off something like this thank you oh my god thank you <laughs> i was about to say the nerdiest shit I was, gonna, I was gonna say thank you to Ichiro Oda's parents for raising no, such a beautiful boy. Oda, thank you for thank you for all of this. <laughs> thank you for giving the yeah. world. I, this yeah, beautiful, I was gonna thank his story. parents for giving birth to him, but in reality, thank you personally, Mister Mister Oda. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we will now do our rating and review part of the podcast. As always, we begin with Patrick. What did you think, and what grade will you give this? On a scale <laughs> of F to S. Uh, you you kind of broke up there at the end. I'm not sure what the scale is, but I'm assuming you say uh, how many berry kingdoms this one gets. These, this was, uh, this was a banger of, um, was it like 13 chapters, I think? It's not very Shockingly long. few, yeah. Yeah, a lot going on, 13 chapters. I got to give it seven out of seven berry kingdoms. It was just a banger, man. The jailbreak actually happens and they're out of the frying pan and into the fire so i can't wait to see what happens as for myself i love these chapters but they're not my favorite so i think i'm gonna go double s yeah because i've done triple s 
in the past, and this isn't quite that, but it is double. So yeah, double S for me. I just liked the action a whole lot. All the devil fruit powers popping off. It was crazy. And honestly, that's enough for me. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) Because Oda doesn't overdo it. You were talking Mm -hmm. about this earlier, Patrick. Because he's not overusing the action and fighting, it really hits when he does use it. So yeah, Uh, Matt, what about you? Oh, man. I I mean, we've covered so much of it already, but like, you're right. The action in this is brilliant. I I don't think the action, like in this and in like Marineford right after, which we'll, we'll talk about soon. I can't wait. But like, I think that the this is as good as the action gets. And and part of the reason why is that like most of the time you've got like a big cast of main characters to like to you know mind and be responsible for and you want to give like everybody cool showcase moments. Like you want to, you know, oh Zolo's being cool now, Sandy's being cool now. And and like that's just not a thing here because it's just Luffy. Mm-hmm. And so all of the action is like really directly tied into the plot in a way that it, it isn't typically. And it gives us just this like propulsive feel of like every single panel in, in Impel Down is this feeling of like you're rocketing forward. Luffy is this like wildfire that's getting bigger and bigger the more cells he's unlocking. Um, the emotional stakes like really kick in here because it's like he fucked up. He, he didn't get Ace. Like, he did everything he possibly could have done, and it still wasn't enough. And he's just right behind his brother, but he's just, he, he can't quite close the gap. And, like, over and over, Oda here is, like, five hours to execution, four hours to execution, th- like, just really hammering in, like, the ticking clock. Um, I love New Kamaland. Like, again, right after kind of the uncomfortable weirdness of... um Sanji's whole deal and we we do get we, we didn't touch on this at all we do actually get a, a brief like cover story touch-ups on a couple of the characters and how that's been going for them um Sanji's wearing a dress now um he seems to have mixed feelings about it but this is great man this is really cool L- like it, it just it, it reminds me of stuff that I felt really enthusiastic about about as like a middle schooler and a high schooler that in a lot of ways adulthood makes me feel like it's just more rare to find that again one Piece makes me feel like that again. It makes me feel like I felt when I played Final Fantasy VII. So I'm going to go quadruple S. Um, wow. Which is, and I don't think I, for a very different reason, like, because it's so action oriented here, but like, he just nails it so well here. There will be other scores that high I give again for sure. I'm trying to stick to not giving anything quintuple again after Water 7 and any slot. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is what I remembered Annie's Lobby was. This is what I loved about it. It's just pure joyous chaos. It's so good. You can't not have a good time with this. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I hope you, the listener, are also excited. Excited enough to email us at devilfruitpunch at gmail.com. We love to hear from you, from all of you. We really do. We really do. We are covering... The TV show, the live action One Piece will be covered for sure. Somehow. How (laughs) is the question? So we will get back to you on that. We're in negotiations with Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) Any hoozle. Until next time. Ahoy. 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 Ahoy.